0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Blake Mayfield Podcast. I am your humble and gracious host, Blake Mayfield, in conjunction with the After Hours Podcast with Steve and Alec. Uh, me and Steve are here today to interview the owner of Players Pizza and Grill, right? Sports. Isn't that... and sports. We don't even know when you work there. <laughs> That's bad. Um, <laughs> Agree. Agree. Uh, I'm here with Penny Grant. Uh, say hello to the audience, Penny.
1: Hi, audience.
0: Uh, you know, we have a huge audience. So <laughs> it's like HBO or something over here. And uh, so I want to start off today. Well, actually, I want to give Steve a shout out. Steve went and bought a bunch of soundproofing for us. And he bought an on-air sign thing that we can have light up. And it feels like an actual studio in here. Official. Uh, yeah, it's official. It's the P2 Studios. Um, because this is the second player's pizza building, and he told me that uh, you thought it was funny I didn't want to give away where we live or whatever in the last one, it, even though I did, I guess.
1: You did at one point, and then you, you discussed not giving away where you are, and I just thought he already said where he is. Yeah. So I just found it kind of humorous.
0: So in Reading, California is where Players Two is. Players One's in Anderson, California. I mean, as long as I don't give out my personal address, I figure. You know. Oh, you
1: mean one,
0: two, six? No. <laughs> where I address the checks to? Yeah. Um, come on down to Players Pizza in Redding. It's takeout and delivery, uh, Monday through Sunday. You know all that good stuff. Eleven to nine, except on Friday and Saturday, eleven to ten. Uh, come give us a pie, man. And we don't sell by the slice. Stop asking if we sell by the slice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're not Costco.
2: Try, we're we're, trying, we're trying, trying to. Yeah, we're trying,
0: we're trying but...
2: So, so if you come in enough, we'll, we'll eventually yeah. we'll, we'll get it going.
0: Maybe, maybe. Go on to Blake. He doesn't even know... I, I honestly have no idea. Even even I, I, I shouldn't even be talking you do not know it. the name of the store. <laughs> <laughs> um, any questions to lead off, Steve? So, um,
2: I'm trying to think of what I would would be like a first good question. Well, first of
0: all, congratulations on Business of the Year.
2: Uh, Oh, yeah, let's start there, yeah.
0: The Anderson Chamber of Commerce awarded players with Business of the Year, in case you guys didn't know. So huge accomplishment for you guys. Agree. So that was a big uh, thing. So I guess going back
2: to when you first started, what's like your thoughts of maybe who you were then to now? To now?
1: With Players Pizza? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so it's such a crazy journey I mean it's been two years um, and a little over two years but it seems like 10 Mm -hmm. right when you think back just what has happened in the business Um, when I came or I got the thought I was turning 50 and I had worked in corporate America for um, the major part of my career community relations Um, training development growing people my passion and so I just thought there has to be more to life than just coming in and going to work and doing the same thing all the time and so and I said I'm gonna be 50 and so I have a lot more years behind me than I do ahead of me so I need to really find something that that follows my passion and so I resigned um, and my husband almost had a heart attack um and but i just said god's gonna see us through and he's gonna we're gonna get it figured out something's gonna come up i resigned not knowing what i was going to do and so which was a huge step for me and then a couple weeks later um we actually grew up with the own the previous owners of players pizza um one of them and so Um, a mutual family member said hey I think you know they might sell and so I called them on the phone and they started laughing because they didn't think I was serious and I said no I think I am I think you know I can cook for a few people so you know why not just dive into business yeah and um, so we met and kind of had a couple serious conversations and then I said you know um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this so we scraped together every cent we could and uh, and dove in and um, I look back now and I think was it better that I didn't know anything that I was going to do or would it have been advantageous for me to have worked in the industry looking back now I think I would have never done it mm-hmm. if I knew anything about what it took um, and so the person that walked into Uh, players pizza and I started you know I just came in and worked with the previous owner wanted to see you know from ground zero up kind of you know what it takes you know from making pizzas to running shifts to ordering food to buying beer and you know in quantities that I hadn't even heard of before (laughs) and so then you know I I look back now and I think oh my goodness now it's you know I don't I don't know what days off are. Um, I know what hours are and I cherish those. But the person I am today um, is, I was fearless then in a completely different way. I was confident then, I was insecure then, I was all those things, but in a completely different way. Um, it's a fascinating industry, um, the food uh, industry is. and so it's crazy to look back at that other person you know um the biggest change for me was from cute clothes to jeans and (laughs) t-shirts that was the biggest curve for me but um you know i think now it's like if i have a team of people that i can count on i pretty much think we can do anything Mm -hmm. and you know i think we're proving that so you know i'm a different i'm the same in so many ways but in the In comparing the people, Mm -hmm. Um, it's really been interesting or fascinating to me to know that you can be extremely confident in a whole nother area Mm -hmm. than you ever thought you were. Or if you think you're a confident person now.
2: Well, especially at 50.
1: At 50. Yeah. Right? It
2: could completely change.
1: Completely change. You think, yeah, maybe from 30 to 40 or 20 to 30, you have these different journeys of life. But from 50 to 52, I feel like I've grown just unbelievably as a person, um, you know, just in two years. So yeah. that part of it's crazy, looking back, just personally reflecting, you know.
2: I didn't know that you, uh, I mean, I knew you quit your last job, but I didn't know you didn't know what you were doing. I like did when not quit know. A...
1: And you guys know my husband, so you can only <laughs> imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, that's what's, I mean, I guess
2: they're both, yeah. That surprised me, I guess, with that. With yeah. The knowing harm. Yeah. Uh, wow, that, that's crazy. What you do before this?
1: What I did was I, I was a hairdresser in my favorite, favorite part of life, which was my young life. And that was hands down the best job ever. I love a beauty shop. I love all that. Um, I love hair products. Um, I just, I love that whole scene. Um, but I was a single mom. So I moved to Reading and um, had the opportunity to go f- to work for at and which is at that time was Pacific Bell. Mm. And so as a 411 operator, and um, so this is Pennywood City, you know, And I took 1,400 to 2,100 calls a day. Wow. And I had instructed my children to never call 411 because it had, Uh, you know, a cost that was like, I don't even remember what it was. And one day, in comes a call, and, you know, we had an automated, this is Pennywood City, and all of a sudden I hear, Mom? And so, you know, there were hundreds of operators and so to get my own children so i've always told them your sin will find you out so you know that's one of my favorite stories as a 411 operator so how many
2: times did they call to get to you exactly
1: (laughs) yeah i should have looked at the bill um and and then which one was it sashill (laughs) Uh, of course leading the charge still today um and so then you know, I moved from that to long-distance billing, and um, and one of my favorite things was I worked for the the phone company that, in conjunction with the FCC, so the regulators mm-hmm. of like you guys will find out about um, communications and all that. And um, if someone had complained or made a complaint, um, that came to my desk mm-hmm. and my team. And, that was the, and a million dollar fine was leveraged against it. So it was important for us to get and do whatever we needed to do to bring customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So that's where the passion, I think, and the root of my customer service um, came from. Not to mention hairdressing, of course, and, and that s- stuff. But um, just the ability to satisfy a customer, mm-hmm. it was just so rewarding to do that and that you were saving your company money at the same time. And then I built a team and was able to run a team. And so um, I think that was one of my favorite highlights of my job, too. But then they closed that office. And um, we had just put our house in escrow. And I was sitting at my desk. And as corporate America does, they just had a memo. And the memo, the, the lady just went by and laid it on the desk. And I was on a call. And I looked down that says office closure. And it gave us you know, a date. And you know, it was like, holy cow, what are we going to do? We have a house to pay for now, right? So you know, there's just things that always happen in life that take you to your core. And um, so then I went to work for Shasta Regional Medical Center in community relations and wellness. And um, that was really funny because uh, funny that was really fun because we were able to partner with the community and the businesses. Mm-hmm. Again, another layer um, of what I do today yeah, in right our here. business, right? Yeah, it's a it's a kind of the same concepts. And um, then I was able to build that, and it worked for a company out of Nashville, which was a blast because I got to go there every six awesome. months. Nice. Yes. Oh, honky tonk row, man. That's where. <laughs> and so we had. Um, you know, just a great time with that. And then um, I worked for um, an insurance company here in town and worked for them for 10 years doing training and development. And that was um, where I grew the most as a leader, um, as a person, and um, you know, just really actually started to study the craft Mm -hmm. of um, leadership. So, and then I, you know, was going to be 50, and here I am. What's so. been
0: the um? What's been the most challenging part in the last two years of taking over the business, as far as uh, hiring or just management goes? You think?
1: It's a great question. My my thing that I really am challenged with, and I'm always seeking out either wise counsel or, or reading or, or doing something about, is in my corporate life. I was able to schedule a meeting sit down with the person, talk about what's going on. We didn't have the time constraints or, I mean, we did, but not anything like our world is today. Mm -hmm. So the biggest challenge is to coach folks in the Mm -hmm. moment, bring change, let them know that you hear them, and come up with solutions, and then be able to check back with them because they might not work for several more days, and then you're working somewhere else, so it could be a week or two before you get back. Mm So to stay connected to your team and then to be able to really drive change in possibly a fifteen minute and that's long for us, you guys know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a three minute conversation. So I think that from a leader perspective is uh, hands down my biggest challenge. Well
2: and you're always in ninety million other places and you're doing yes. ninety million other things. It's- that was your job center focus back then. Yes. Now you have that and this and that, mm-hmm. and you have to see you're the you're the top of everything. So you've got to have your hand on every little thing.
1: And it's it's which is probably a controlling issue on my part, but uh, <laughs> but I do think that it's important that a leader stays connected to their mm-hmm. people, right? And I think it's a challenge for me because it's a passion of mine, mm-hmm. right? It's a I you know I just love to see people grow, and I'm okay going through the hard times with them to grow, but I love to see a person that thinks they could have never done something, Mm -hmm. or I never dreamed I would be here, or running this, or doing that, and then you get, it's like a proud mom moment. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to stand back and say that you were part of that, of empowering another person. I just don't think it gets any better than that, for me personally.
0: So now that there's two stores, you know, one in Anderson, one in Reading. And the food where, truck. And the food truck, yes. Um, Please don't forget the food truck. Yeah, the food. I us talk about the food truck, actually. So um, where do you guys plan on taking it this summer and whatnot? Because I know last year during the fires, it was in the River Park every Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys go around to a bunch of different places even now, but where do you guys plan on doing it this year?
1: The food truck is crazy. The food truck. You know, I'm always, I mean, you guys are around me enough. I always am having an idea of what we should be doing, right? So when we got the food truck, our idea was really to, you know, maybe be able to go onto fires or natural natural disaster kind of work and be able to set up shop and really, you know, be there for the long haul. But what it's turned out to be, which is another fascinating thing to me, is it's a very private event um, driven thing, which, you know, folks love to have wood fire pizza at their, you know, company picnic or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then it's we're we're really getting in with schools and we're getting in with churches and we're getting in um, the park. You know, it's a fabulous um, addition to Reading. So we get to be a staple there. And then this year, we're really venturing out and we're gonna be at the Red Bluff Roundup, we're gonna be at the Tehama Fair, we're gonna be over on the coast, you know, at the Humboldt County Fair, um, at the Redwood Acres Fair. So, you know, we have a lot of things, you know, in the works and we almost um, get a little nervous about, you know, how much, because it, again, takes our staff and myself out of the equation of being able to run the stores. And with Redding being so new, you know, you think, oh my goodness! You know, we really have to try to balance, which is my biggest challenge in life, is to really try to balance what is the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. But the food truck is so great because it goes to the people. You know, in our stores, folks come to us. But mm-hmm. when you can just go to a group of people and they're in their element, and you show up, and they're so happy, they're thrilled to be there, they're fascinated by the concept of a wood fire it just makes it where it's such an experience for them. And you know our motto is everything matters, and it's all about the customer's experience. And this is just another facet or another you know, component to what we can offer. And so that's what's so exciting about it. Um, and then we're really able to drive our name and our brand because we're going to these groups of people that maybe typically haven't been at our stores. So that's really fun, and we're excited. We're just really wanting the perfect people to be in that arena, you know, and then keeping our, you know, core staff in our restaurants too. Mm-hmm.
2: So this, this will be the fully first year for that. Last year it was, what, like four months we did it?
1: Yes. we Four or five months? Um, so <coughs> Red Sun Festival, so September, <coughs> September, I think it was the 29th. Um, 20th, 29th in there, and we would, um, that's kind of, we didn't have it wrapped or, you know, how great yeah. right it looks now, but it was up and running, and that was kind of our first gig, and then we thought that we would just have that swing, right, mm-hmm. but we, we didn't, we um, just kind of kept booking stuff and and things, and so, um, you know, it's been fun, but it will re- really. Show us, and, and we'll be able to, you know, trend and compare and contrast as we go through this, yeah. this swing of this season. So it's not for the faint of heart, let me tell you. Yeah, shout out to Hart
2: for uh, building that thing. Oh, my lord.
1: <laughs> I, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Went, went to work on that?
1: He worked two solid months every single day. Yeah, and, and, and worked his job. And as you guys know, he works at night. So, yeah. you know, he, you know, he probably struggled with me as a boss, um, you know. Um, and he probably would never call me the boss, but I actually am. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, it uh, he actually inspired me in that because I could not believe, I kept waiting for him to like, me come home and he'd be on the couch or something mm-hmm. or he'd be out doing something else. And he was just like clockwork. Right. It, was, it was the craziest thing. And although we've been married for 20 plus years, it gave me a whole new respect for him. Mm-hmm not only his work ethic, because we all know that's out the charts, but just as a person, mm-hmm. because he couldn't wait for me to have that. Yeah. And I just think it spoke volumes. You know, he tries to be such a tough guy and he's <laughs> really a big softy. Yeah,
2: I've, I've, uh, I have mean, suck that he broke his ribs a few months back, but right. I actually, I've missed not having him around in the mm-hmm. last couple weeks since he's went back to work. It was it was kind of nice to have him. At first he was in here five, you know, sometimes a couple hours a day and I'm like, at one point I was like, Harvard, are you gonna keep talking to me? I gotta go back to work. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I was, I, I, was enjoying it because yeah. it was just something that I had never had with him before. Mm-hmm. He would come by and he would, he had that certain amount of time that he needed to get a bunch of stuff done that he wanted mm-hmm. to fix and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's been great. I guess, I guess the next thing we'll transition to is how, how difficult is it to work with, and good is it to work with your family?
1: Oh wow, so that's a loaded question, yeah, right? so <clears throat> um, yeah, that's a good one um, I think it's extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, but being a mother, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a little bit of a upper hand, if you will. They won't concede to that ever, but, (laughs) um, I don't know how it would be to work brother and sister or Mm -hmm. sister and sister. I don't know how that would be, but from a parent child, you know, and they're old, but relationship, Um, And I was just sharing this with someone yesterday, is that I had to discover what they were capable of, right? I knew, you know, when I look at their lives and they grew up, I Mm -hmm. mean, these are my greatest accomplishment are these, you know, four children of mine, right? But in the same breath, it was not in um, arenas, except Sass, you know, with the sugar bar, she kind of started it all and got us thinking about business and doing something um, because of the the fun she was having with the sugar bar and just the delight that she was having I think also got me thinking when I was turning 50 that I wanted to do something along her line but she, but you know so she kind of was in a business situation Jasmine worked with autistic children which you know I think is the closest oh, wow. thing yeah. to an angel Um, That's what she can deal with all you crazies. Um, (laughs) You know, she has a lot of voice of reason, and she has different techniques, and then she's a coach, and she has all these things that she still practices today, you Mm -hmm. know, in dealing with staff. Um, But she was, you know, she's down on the ground with these kids and doing games and doing all these things, going into their home, meeting them where they're at, Mm -hmm. right? And so I knew that was her gift. And then Byron, you know, Mike, they all think, I think he walks on water, and he does, but he's <laughs> he gets a foot under every once in a while. Um, he has a passion, like I do, for customer service, and he loves relationship. Yeah. And yeah. so I knew that was going to be his strength, right? And then Cecily, my stepdaughter, who's a hairdresser, I knew that, and she lives in Montana, but I knew that if we needed help, you know, she is a completely capable mm-hmm. child that can do anything. So working with them, I thought I I, I know they're capable, but I don't know if you they're to capable of their weaknesses and Oh, and then we weird. had to we had to navigate each other, yeah. right? I mean, they had to also see me in a different light because they always, you know, they were looking at me through the mom lens. Yeah. So then to have to kind of I don't know what it is. Put a different know. hat on. Yeah, just you know, just totally say, okay, she's actually the decision maker. Also now, um, you know, well, you we've were, got a kind of mind. Were
2: for, but yeah, yeah.
1: Now it's different. It's a different, uh, different. Yeah, right. Now you're signing their checks. Yeah. yeah. And, yes, and um, <laughs> uh, things are non-negotiable. several yeah. Things, right? So, um, and we had some very deep growing pains. We had some heartaches and some you know yelling matches and not speaking and sash said she's been fired four or five times at least and then she shows up the next shift i just don't get it (laughs) and so you know um you know and we have had just some really um where we didn't know if we were going to make it Mm -hmm. and you had we had to sit down at a table and say Our family dynamic is is extremely important to us, you know, and is going to trump any, you know, any kind of business situation we're in. Um, We're always going to be family, and and I'm not willing to risk those relationships. And there were some, you know, dark moments for us. And one of the reasons we brought in Jeremiah was so that he could, um, and I'll never forget his first meeting with us, you know, he's kind of looking around the table because everyone's bawling. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mad. Everyone's, you know, has all these emotions going. I um, mean, he kind of came in and kind of separated things out and mm-hmm. said, okay, this is your strength. You do this, you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Penny, can you oversee it instead of being down in the weeds with all of them? Yeah. So, you know, um, we still butt heads, you um, you know, and I have to every once in a while say, you know, let's see, who signs the checks? Let's see. Who, you know. Let's so, see. Let's see. <laughs> so, you know, we have to do those things, but um, like I've told you guys a million times, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. You have to. The thing with my kids, though, is they... They are visionary kids, and mm-hmm. so they love seeing stuff happen. They love pulling stuff off. Mm-hmm. They love getting a team and making something happen and high-fiving everybody. Well, they're they're uh,
2: they played sports their whole life. They're competitors. They're, they're, yeah, they're, and they're coaches. They're competitors. And
1: they're. exactly, I mean, that's the perfect way to put it. Is that every single thing they do, they're competing. Yeah. Well, that's and against each other most times. I
2: mean, <laughs> I mean, in life, it, life is a competition. You're Absolutely. competing for everything. You're competing for a better job, a better a raise, mm-hmm. uh, a spouse, mm-hmm. uh, just everything. <laughs> it's life is a competition.
1: Well, and if if it's not, it should be.
2: Yeah, yeah, and there's I some agree. people aren't as competitive. Mm-hmm.
1: And I just don't understand them. Mm-hmm. I used to tell my kids, I would have to. They, I'd go to Jasmine's games, and the mothers would be sitting there knitting or grading papers, or and I'm like on the front row, you know, getting ready to, you know, jump up and yell and at least do YMCA in the cheer or something. <laughs> and I just, they would hardly look up. I'm like, why are you here? Yeah. Why yeah. are you here? You, we're here to win. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, I will never forget, <laughs> just as parents, you know how. If you're just not competitive, you—I don't know how your kids end up competitive yeah. because you know you you've got to be vying for something to mm-hmm. get you out of bed. Yeah, absolutely. You
0: know. Um, so after winning the Business of the Year award this year, what's the next step? What, what do you what do you want to accomplish next as far as the business goes? Because I mean that's that's a great honor in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything, do you want, I mean, obviously going back to back or, you know, doing it every year would be great. Mm -hmm. But is there anything besides awards or anything like that that you specifically haven't accomplished that you want to? Uh,
1: Fabulous question. Um, It was fabulous to be um, nominated for four awards, right? And one of them, one of our employees, April, was nominated for customer service. So that was fabulous, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... You know, what I set out in in the year, I always try to do goals, right? What I set out in the year for 2019 was just we're going after some certifications, um, you know, and different things so that it opens up possible other revenue streams for us to be able to plug into that. and, And it's a tedious kind of work that I loathe. We have, and then because the you know P two came up, and we had that opportunity, kind of you know you got to shuffle, you got to mm-hmm. navigate. Mm-hmm. So um, we're kind of going to get back to hit hitting that hard, and then in two thousand and twenty, our goal is to put a team together to look at franchising options, and what we would do is franchise the concept of P two. So. But now once we're in it and we feel it and breathe it and live it, we now think, you know, we got to get this thing up and get its legs pretty strong, build out processes, systems, and people, Mm -hmm. then we can come back and visit that. So it might be another year down the road for that. I'm not really, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love business of the year, and I jumped up and, you know, probably pulled a muscle when I won. (laughs) But... um, it was, you know, the greatest thing ever to hear your name, you know. Um, but it's, for me, the, my greatest accomplishments are people. So when someone comes back to me and says, you taught me this or you made a difference in my life or I was telling my kid about you the other day, those are the things that, you know.
2: Those are your awards. Those
1: are my awards. Those are my rewards. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what I'm after. I'm after leaving the biggest imprint on this world when it comes to people that i can and building a legacy for my kids and grandkids i want them to know that they have to work hard because with passion and hard work i think you can accomplish anything and so it's just leaving that legacy um you know and maybe leaving a couple years where i can enjoy life before i go to <laughs> just, see the just Lord. a couple <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a cup.
0: <clears throat> How long do you plan on on doing this for? Until, uh, until, you know, the Lord the calls time? me home. Yeah,
1: um, in some capacity, right? But I do think that you always have to have an end game. I do think that you always have to, you know, be marching towards something. And you know, we're blessed that Harv has a fabulous job. You know, that provides benefits and things like that. So as far as a health perspective, you know we're we're good that way. So now it's it's how do we build something strong enough to either hand it over to someone else or you know sell it outright to someone else, you know, and live off the royalties. That's kind true. of thing. Um,
2: <clears> to <throat> I think well, going back to what you were talking about earlier, I think uh, and you taught me so much in the last couple of years, but I think the, one of the biggest words that I would take out is change mm-hmm. like and uh, just changing that change is okay and change for the better um, so and I mean I think you've changed too in oh. us. I mean everyone does and if you don't go towards that and or, or embrace it then you're mm-hmm. gonna stay in the same place. And
1: you almost become bitter to yeah. be honest because you're just looking through okay now what? You know, what's happening? What's changing? Mm-hmm. Change is really the only thing you can count on, mm-hmm. if you think about it. So, yeah. you know, and I'm not the best at it, but I've had to or been forced to do it throughout my career. And and it's so funny because I can look back, like when that office closure happened and I had my house in escrow. My life and my jobs have always been better coming out of mm-hmm. that. I didn't have to regress. Thank you, Lord. I didn't have to regress because that change happened. And that was the part that i looking, reflecting back. It's like, yes, it was change. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how are we going to get through this? And it always seemed to work out for the better. And I think you have to be looking for the better. If you just get stuck in looking at the change, then... You don't even, you're not even looking for a solution or a pathway or, you know, and I, you know, in in my old age and in my um, parents' ages, they, it was, you went to work for a company and you worked till, you know, death do us part kind of thing. If you didn't, you were like worthless, right? Yeah. So now I look at life so different in that things are for a season. And then I look at people for a season. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't ever think... You know, Blake's going to be in my life forever. Steve's going to be in my life forever. I think we have a season right now. Mm-hmm. we got to be our best self. How do we get there? You know, and yeah. how do we do that? Well, it's going to require all of us changing, mm-hmm. right? So I think change is hard. I don't think it's fun. Yeah. But I think it's necessary.
0: Yeah. Um. So now with owning the restaurants and... The restaurant and business and everything. Is there any other businesses you would like to own or other mm-hmm. ventures you'd like to go into eventually? Or is this just kind of the end-all, be-all? You want to put all your energy into into players and expanding this?
1: Have you ever been to the Hash House in Vegas? or in, It's a restaurant. Yeah, that's it's where you are hardware. Yeah, at. and it's, called, it's Twisted Farm Food, Farmhouse. So it's right up, it's right up my alley. Um, but it's a restaurant and it has the coolest concept and the, and the craziest amounts of food. And it's just, um, if I had a perfect world, I would own something like that, a restaurant like that. I think a steakhouse on the river, um, mm. or a, you know, that had a big deck that went out over it, that had a wood fire pizza out on the deck. And then the bottom deck you could float up to or drive your canoe or whatever you're Contraption is up to you know get a beer get a drink whatever um, and then keep floating down the river. I think it it would that would be the sweet spot for me. But I do think that I want to do what I'm doing now with excellence, and I'm still on a learning curve for that. Um, but I just there's a scripture that says your steps are ordered of the Lord, and so every day that's what i do and say is i want to go where i can impact people where i can you know i mean if you look around and i know you guys get deep on some stuff but if you look around there is so much hurt Mm -hmm. and anguish and you know and if you can just simply give someone a pizza or treat them well or show up right Mm -hmm. i think you can change the world and Mm -hmm. so um there's that word again exactly Church. yeah exactly and so and we have to be part of it mm-hmm. and so i don't want to really get involved in anything that i lose sight of that you know i want to always be where i feel like we need to be and i'm i was raised very prideful um my dad's from the south and so mm-hmm. you know there's a great uh, persona with that right and then my mother's Native American, so there was another persona with that. And with that came this pride that we always had. Well, like any characteristic, pride can be a deficit to you. Yeah. And I've let it um, you know, deter me. I've let it limit me in the past because I was too prideful. And I have been working diligently to not... Let pride get in the way, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of move through and be where you need to be. And if it didn't work and you felt like, hey, this is what we aren't supposed to do, don't think, oh, I'm here and I'm going to make it work. You just think, okay, we're going to tweak it and move and go somewhere else or do some, another way or or we'll come back to it. You know, it doesn't mean forever. So,
0: yeah, you know. Um, I want to let the listeners know real quick, you're the reason why we have the studio right now, or you know, we call it the studio, it's really just the back room, but we have made it into kind of a studio thing, and I just wanted to say thank you on air, and uh, and let the people know that, you know, you're the reason why, and um, I just, I, I really appreciate it, it's not really a question, I guess, it's just something I w- wanted to throw out there, um, any, uh, anything, thank you. anything else? I was talking with Jazz about this the other day, about what I thought you,
2: or what her and I both thought you would be doing, like if, some point you were able to pass a business on or whatever mm-hmm. and that was like either planning weddings or Oh absolutely. <coughs> so you wouldn't want to do that?
1: If- um I, you know, I'm getting to plan hers. And yeah. I, I mean, do ask her permission on one or two things. But permission Uh, or- permission. <laughs> uh but she's been very agreeable so far. But um,
0: Well you sign her checks, so I do yeah. So, where's that the mom has? <laughs> yeah exactly. That's the end all be all right there. Yeah. yeah
1: and um i absolutely love to well you're good at it. Oh, thank you but i there is just something mm. about being able to and i don't care if it's a table for christmas mm. i don't care if it's the greeters table that we're going to do or whatever i just love being able to create and i guess it's an experience or create a setting for folks where they come in and they're just happy, and then you know I love to to decorate and and oh, yeah, I would much me. rather do that than make pizza.
2: <laughs> even down to I mean you've you've made me rearrange food differently because of, it does look good. Outside. <laughs> it's weird. Sometimes Is that in, true? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll catch myself. Redo. Yeah, I'll catch myself looking at the plate or something. I'll even do it at home. You'll just think like, oh, you'll thank me put later. Put this <laughs>
1: carrot
0: over here. <laughs> think yeah. it look a little better.
1: Yeah. You'll thank me later.
0: <laughs> um anything else any any last questions thoughts I'm good I, I asked everything actually no I, I lied I have one more thing um, you mentioned legacy earlier and you know wanted to stick this out and everything and and we talked about the whole wedding plan how you'd be good at that but well, what's the legacy you want to leave behind when it's all said and done when the when the casket drops quote-unquote or whatever what what's what's the one thing you want people to remember about you the family this business you know whatever the case may be
1: Um, my legacy is passion and hard work, but my legacy is faith and family. And so you got to believe in something. So my thing is I want to leave a legacy of a family that believed in God and gave back and although extremely imperfect, um, really tried to do good and, um, I want to give more than I have, and I know that sounds cliche or corny, but I just I've had people pour into my life, and I think that's where um, the the heart to give really comes from. Um, You know, I've been like I said, I was a single mom, so you know, three kids and a single mom, and I moved from a small town of a huge family network to to no one. Um, And although it was two hours away, it seemed like two states away, and so I had people pour into my life, and um, you know, and, and and that taught me how to receive and just kind of let people do. Like, I loved your guys' faces when I, you know, brought this table in for you. You yeah, know. That was people, awesome. Re, yeah, and that And I've had people do that for me, and my brother and sister-in-law are, um, you know, at the top of that list that always make sure I'm okay, And, um, you know, can sense things. It's just crazy. And and I'll look down and my brother will have texted me or called me. And and my sister-in-law is, you know, thinking of you. Or, you know, I've just had people that, you know, have cared enough. And then they have given what they have to to someone else to not even make them better. But to stand them up, Mm -hmm. you know, when, um, you know, when life looked pretty dim. So I think now it's just kind of my pay it forward uh, personality that I'm going to operate out of as much as I possibly can. And I want my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, um, everybody that has ever worked for me um, or will work for me to have that same heart in some capacity. Um, And as it blossoms out, you can see, like a tree, what it could possibly do. Um,
2: so. Going back to uh, you being a single mother, is there anything you wish you could have known like going into that? Oh. Or like told yourself then, or tells maybe single oh. mothers now, like something that...
1: Right, It's. I probably get emotional about it, but um, yeah, I'm gonna try to keep it together. Um, it's a fabulous question. I became a parent when I was 17. Mm-hmm. I was head cheerleader. And my soon-to-be husband was the football star, and so I was leaving for reading, going to be, you know, in beauty school, and you know, never coming back, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Very similar to SASS. Wonder where she gets it. (laughs) And um, and then I was going to have a child, Mm -hmm. and it's crazy again what that change did to me because I don't know what would have happened had I come. To Reading and been on my own and Mm -hmm. we were we were grew up in a very conservative Household so you know, I mean I I don't even know what I my life would have looked like So I think I was saved from it, Mm -hmm. but Seshaw saved me again and um, And then um, at 21 I had jazz and then you know a year or two later, you know came Mr. Perfect And so, um, which he is imperfect, just so let me put that out there. Um, however, I then 10, years into the marriage, um, you know, found myself getting divorced and, and it's so crazy when I think back on that time because I, I didn't even bat an eye, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I was just like, Oh, I'm done. You know, you know, some ridiculous comment. And we had a family dynamic going on at that time that really fed into kind of our demise, if you yeah. will. Mm-hmm. But their father is a very good man, um, and I have all of them because of him, and so I, I will love him forever and be eternally grateful for that. And then I, I feel like I've inherited you know, his mother in the divorce, because she has stuck <laughs> with me, and, and I love it. So then I wound up finding myself being a single parent and all my siblings were married had kids so you're going to go to something and you're going to go as the third wheel and i hadn't been the third wheel ever i'm the fourth child i had never been alone in my life i you know i don't even grocery shop by myself if i don't have to so that was an odd place to find yourself and then you know i you know all the insecurities of who will like me who will raise my kids? Who's not a freak? Who, you know, um, all those things, you know. And so you have to consider them. But I was considering them out of a 27, 28-year-old, 29-year-old mind set, mm-hmm. right? And thank God I had the family that I have um, that kind of, you know, just came around me and, and helped me with the kids. And, and you know, I went, I, I went to beauty school in a beauty shop. So I did a two-year apprenticeship in a beauty shop um, instead of going into formal training. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll be eternally grateful to the lady that took me on and did that, and we had a blast doing it. My grandparents, so my children's great-grandparents, Byron was eight months old, kept them every day. When I think about that, that was a a huge ordeal and a huge big deal, and Mm -hmm. I wish I would have been more grateful to them for that because I could have never done that had they not kept the kids Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so you know and then when I moved to Reading a whole new aloneness we lived on a 200 acre ranch in my hometown when I moved to Reading I lived in an apartment you know I didn't know things could go straight up and down so much and so in order to, you know, survive and be able to make my bills, this is what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I made $5 an hour plus tips and had three children. And I'd worked it out, you know, between just different child support and, and then I was renting my house over in Salier to be able to come. That would pay my rent. You know, I was down to the penny, right? Mm-hmm. Plus I had to pay for child care and I would never had to do that. So, as a single mom, it was a whole, and there was no one to talk to. Yeah. You know, and I look back and I know now, my kids became my best friends at that point. We didn't have cable. You know, we didn't have those things. We had each other. And, you know, it just, which is a good, that was the biggest good,
2: if you it will. built a foundation. That for, came out
1: of it. Yeah. And we only had each other kind of feel. And um, But another level of loneliness mm. came to the forefront, right? And then you think, okay, I'm going to go on a date. And you guys know me. I'm a deep person, so please don't ask me my sign or anything like that. <laughs> my <I don't>, sign. <laughs> I'm like, are you saved and serving God, and do you, have, do you work? Yeah. Do you have a vision? And how do you treat your mother? Yeah, Yeah. Those were the things that were... You know, I had a list of 20 questions, and I had 20 traits, you know, of course I did. You know, and I, you know, I'm thinking back, where is that list I need to compare Harv? Um, (laughs) But then, you know, I was blessed to meet Harv, and he had been raised on the same street as me in my hometown, and he was young, though. I was about to like his mullet hairdo at that point. And so, you know, and we were able to work our way through to where then we ended up getting married. So, but as a single parent, um, there it I mean, I think it's the hardest job ever. Mm-hmm. Hardest job ever. I think marriage is the hardest job and raising children is next. But I think as a single parent, having to play the role of both parents yeah and not overcompensate, not over um, criticize, not, and try to be present while you're dead tired and you don't, you have to pack your stuff up and go to the laundromat because you don't have a washer and dryer and you can't fit the laundry and the children all in the car. So, I mean, just the daily things that a person goes through is um, incredible to me as a single parent and i was in a job that you could not miss yeah so if i i mean i my job was on the line and i had these children so you know that dynamic and that level of stress and that tension in your life constantly then you're not even you know like prepared if you will to go and start a relationship with someone else because then it's like you know i don't have anything left
0: yeah yeah
2: Definitely. <laughs> What's crazy to me about that story, you've kind of done this twice in your life. You kind of went and jumped into something without knowing mm-hmm. exactly. And, and it, was, it was at the beginning of kind of your your life and then now towards I mean, the yeah, end 50, of my life. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20,
1: 20, 20, 20. Well, you know what I mean though? No. It's, you yeah. Kinda, you, it's a you, cycle.
2: You got a divorce and you kind of moved over here as a single, you had no idea what was, what mm-hmm. was going to happen, mm-hmm. and then you did it again when you were 50, taking on the business. Mm-hmm.
1: Not knowing what I was going to do.
2: And those were, I mean, those were people with my questions. What would you say to each one of those people now?
1: Well, it's crazy, because when I was going to move over here with the kids, um, which they say is the best thing I ever did, mm-hmm. and I say it's the hardest thing I ever did, my brother said to me, you don't have to move. You realize that? You don't have to move. And I said, no, I do have to move. Um, I just needed a fresh start. I needed to start over. And, um, you know, and I I love this telling the story of I went to my mailbox and they had sent me a $500 check. And it still makes me cry. Who did that? My brother. Oh, wow. And to me, that was like $5,000. Yeah. um, Out of the blue. Yeah. And I just like sat down on the ground because I couldn't believe it Um, and my other fun story is I went in to get my taxes done which I had never done and the lady said you know and I had a kid standing behind me and one on my lap and you know it was crazy and and she said you're getting 3,000 something back and Uh I said oh I think you're looking at the wrong person because I had (laughs) made 9,000 for the whole year and she said, no, you're head of household, you have these kids, yeah. da, 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 da. And I just started bawling right there. And, um, and so when we got the check, um, we went to Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh. and we ordered every single item we wanted. You know, what gluttony, I mean, this was, was crazy. Poor, sorry Blake, it was food. But, <laughs> but I, I so resonate with you, that's why I say that. Yeah, that's yeah, all good. Um, But it was absolutely, you know, it was just like we were millionaires. Yeah. And so in those times, it's like those stories stick out to you, right? What I would say is, you know, what I would say to the 28, 27, 28-year-old 28 is examine your life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to do this? Um, Marriage is tough. Get help. Maybe take your whole family and move. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and would it have worked out? No. Yeah. You know, but in that breath, I would have said, think about that decision longer. Um, You know, maybe heed some wise counsel. But there were so many components feeding into me that I knew that I had to make a change, Mm -hmm. I had to do something else. The 50-year-old, I'd (laughs) high-five, because looking back, I cannot believe I did that. I mean, when I think about it, I just, I remember I was training a class, and I sat down and wrote the the email, it was about three lines, to my boss, and I hit send, and I got up and kept training the class, and my right-hand lady was with me, and she came over, and I said, and we had worked together for eight years. I mm-hmm. came over and said, You know, could you read this? I just sent this. And she couldn't function for the rest of the day because she had worked with me for eight years. And she's just like, What in the world is happening? You know, well, you can't do this. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not going to do this. And wow. so, and I just knew that there was something in the works for me. And I just go back to my faith. Mm -hmm. And just believing that God's got a plan for me, and I need to get out of the way. You know, so I think that's the difference in those two people in those times of life. I think I would have said to my young self um, to get under some, like a mentor. Yeah. Get with someone that... you trust and can be honest with you, and say, "I see this in you, but I also see this in you." You know, so let's tweak it, mm-hmm. or you know, someone that you're kind of accountable to, that's not a family member, that's not, you know, someone that is just going to make it all better and solve it and fix it, but someone really that kind of draws you out. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been the other thing I would have told that person, because it was hard on my kids. They didn't have their cousins there. Yeah you know, at their games. And you guys all know the sports situation with Jazz. She was incredible, Mm -hmm. you know. And and, um, Sash, you know, she was, you know, student leader and, you know, had huge, great uh, pack of friends. And then Byron was, you know, this football guy. And, you know, he had an incredible group of friends. And, you know, and I'm thankful for those groups of friends Mm -hmm. um, because that kind of saved my kids in um, missing their cousins so tremendously, or aunts and uncles, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I life's a trip.
2: Yeah, no, that's a crazy listening to all that. I've, mm-hmm. I had goosebumps a few times listening to some <laughs> of that stuff. Just because it is, I mean, that's your life in the mm-hmm. last 52 years, so.
1: And I sure. do think too, you know, and it sounds cliche also, but you, you gotta make it happen. Mm-hmm you got to make stuff happen, you know. And I always say the hardest thing to do is start, you
2: yeah. know. Like,
1: I need to get 20 pounds off before yeah. this wedding. But I have a bag of chips waiting for me out there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I got, I have to just start, you know. And I have, you know, the, the jazz police, you know. But as soon as I get out of her presence, I, you know, I'm eating salami or something, you know. So, you know. It is. It's just that that ability to start mm-hmm. something, I think, is so hard. But if you'll just take one step,
0: yeah, that's half the battle. It just—it's it's like going to the gym, course. you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like seventy-five percent of the battle is just getting to the gym. Once you're there, mm-hmm. you know, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's all up to you. But uh, would you consider that your greatest accomplishment as far as moving and? you know, having Byron and Jazz and, and mm-hmm. Sasha and them and and the, the tax refund story, or, mm-hmm. or what do you think the business is your greatest life accomplishment so far?
1: Oh, my kids are my greatest accomplishment. When I look at them and they are productive adults, um, you know, that to me is just cool. And I go, you know, I always start with how imperfect we are, right? We're so imperfect, mm-hmm. but they love each other. That to me is just an incredible gift to me. Um, They crack each other up. They, you know, Jasmine and Byron can be in a room for maybe 20 minutes before she tackles him. Now mind you, he's gonna be 30 and she's in her 30s. (laughs) I mean, physically we'll tackle each other, you know, or something, Um, you know, so that gift of them um, when I see Byron with his boys, when I see Sachelle with her kids, and Jazz with Merce, um, there is not hands down. And when I, when my stepdaughter writes to me and she's in Thailand, on an internship, wow. um, You know, and she's just came back from Costa Rica. She's our fearless child. Um, those are the things that hands down. There isn't one thing in this business that can touch that.
2: Yeah. Now I think. If I were to step away from like being your employee, I think mm-hmm. the first thing I would say that I see is your is your kids and your grandkids. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind is that you're a mom and a grandma mm-hmm. before anything else.
1: Absolutely, Harv wishes wife would land in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it's somewhere in there. I just,
0: it, it just it's just it's it's like a needle in a haystack. You, know, yeah, you just gotta got somewhere it, it is. Yes. I feel like that dynamic works as soon as the first interview happens because. At first time I'm interviewed, it's Jazz and sass, you know, mm-hmm. and then second time it's, you know, it was Al uh, Dakota, who's another manager, than you, mm-hmm. and and then it was I think it was you three for the uh, the paperwork and all that right. stuff, and uh, it was just interesting to me how that all works and how that happens, how you know you let them just totally take control, and I think that's cool, you know, letting the family just because I mean, they know what they're doing, obviously mm-hmm. you guys all know, I mean you guys are successful. Uh, you know, just letting them have their fingerprints all over it, letting letting everyone kind of have a, a share in, in in the pot of gold. I just think that's really that's respectable and that's that's awesome.
1: Thank you. I think that it's important, right? But just like you guys, I always tell you, you're an extension of me, right? My trust level has to be there with you guys, or I can't be my best. And so that's why it's important for for you to be yours. It's the same way in our dynamic, and I guess we've done it for such a time now that I don't, because I have people say this to me all the time. I just met with a TV station, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, so your kids work in it, you know?" And they go through, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, you know." Mm-hmm. But to people that aren't familiar with the dynamic like that, that's intriguing to them, right? So, um, you know, and like I say, it's been a journey to get there, but. To watch them, and I think one of the things that I know without a shadow of a doubt is they have my back. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to put anybody in front of me. That because they have to manage them. So if you can get past them, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, convince me that you're an all right person, you know, kind of thing, and that I, you, you can be, you can execute my vision, right? But with them, they know. They know that I am all about respect. They know that I know you're going to break things or do things wrong or whatever. But you better, you know, treat people and our customers and each other with with an enormous amount of respect. And so if they sense those characteristics from you, you're three-fourths of the way in the door. If they don't, I don't ever hear about them. And I do have people reach out to me and say, you know, my. Cousin's boy or girl came in and interviewed, and they didn't meet you or whatever, you know. And I don't want to say, well, you know, they didn't get past the bulldogs.
0: <laughs> the bulldogs, yeah. yeah that's, that's a good,
2: it's a good name for them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, really it really is. Guess. They I were, agree. they went to mistletoe, didn't they? And they were the bulldogs then, so it makes sense.
1: Sash went to Buckeye. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, but the mistletoe bulldogs, yes. Jasmine will be one and Byron will be one forever. <laughs> um,
2: shoot. I'm having a penny right now. I can't remember e- what I was going Exactly.
1: Say. <laughs> exactly. See, you act like me now. Yeah.
2: Been around you too long. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy to see how um, you are with them and then how alike they are with their kids too. Mm-hmm. Like how... Um, just how great they are as parents, mm-hmm. and they learn that from you, and um, and Harv too, and Harv's just a different mm-hmm. um, respect. But yeah, I, I I think I think watching Byron with the two boys is is, is just always funny to watch them. Cause it's just because Lincoln and yeah, he's just new at it, but
1: <coughs> he's just he he gets it now. Why I think he's so great. Yeah. Right, because that is exactly the same lens that he looks at, yeah, you know. And then, you know, when Merce makes a basket and I look over at Jazz, Jazz she's gone. Right, she's not the cheerleader I am, even though she proclaims she can do it. But <laughs> but sh- her pride and uh-huh. delight um, is just, you know, I just know that feeling, right? And then Sash with Brooke, when she's up there dancing, and there's, you know, thousands of people or whatever. And mm-hmm. Brooke is one of four or five up there, which my heart is palpitating. Yeah. And she's just, she's just like, come on, you know. I'm just like, I know that sense of pride. I'm so glad that they have, you know, that in them.
2: Yeah, well, it's, they look at them the same way that you looked at them. Yes. And it's exactly the same. It's That's their world, and
1: which is crazy, Steve, to be honest, because I didn't intentionally do that.
2: I don't, I don't think anyone ever does, though. It's just.
1: I don't know. I just showed up was, because was... I, I had to. And, I mean, and that sounds terrible, but I was the parent, right? They they have a relationship with their dad, and they went to see him and everything. I mean, they were always in his life, but the daily grind, the daily games, and the practices, and you know, Harvard members taking jazz. And she has her, you know, her jersey out the window because she forgot to to dry it, and it's <laughs> she's trying to dry it going down the road. I've done that before too. Exactly. So you know all those things, and so you're building memories at every turn, and then that's what they fall back on, or they lean back on is is those times good, bad, or indifferent.
2: Well, I, you, parents are kids' first friends, right? No matter what, they're mm-hmm. they're the first ones that they're going to be friends with. Yeah, and those are lifetime friends. And so people just in general are nostalgic. So they build that thing back. And so they remember back to those times. And it's, you know, you're the mom and all that stuff. And so. Yeah.
1: And it's crazy because I said, I'm not your friend. I You're going to be lucky if you're my friend. I don't know if you're cool enough to hang out with me. Um, <laughs> but I also said, I'll always win. Yeah. You know, and I told Byron, I'll get whatever it takes. So you just try me. And my favorite story about him, is he was big i think high school and we were in winco and he got something and i said no you we're not getting that go put it back all oh, right we yeah, you yes me, and he said he just took it and like put it on the shelf where we were at mm-hmm. and i said if you don't go take it back i'm gonna sit down right here in the middle of the store and i'm gonna wait here until you take it back over to that shelf and it was one of the times he did not believe me, so I'm person of my word. I'm gonna sit down in the store. So we were in where the Red Bulls and iced tea and all that is and that mm-hmm. first thing there. Sat down and my good friend came around the corner. <laughs> what she had thought I fainted or yeah. something. Then what are you doing? I said, I'm gonna sit down until he gets his stuff and gets it back over there. So you know, I'm not beyond any means mm-hmm. to get um, a child to behave. Yeah,
2: to so. teach a valuable lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. And he would probably do the same thing with...
1: He probably will. I
2: don't know if he'll sit down an aisle, but he'll, yeah. no. he'll do it in his own, his own uh, yes. In
1: way. Yes, Yes, he will. And he, I don't know if he remembers this story, but I remember it like yesterday. sure he does. You know, yeah. like yesterday. So that's one of my great stories about him.
0: Um, I, I'm good. I don't have any more questions. Unless you have any more questions or thoughts, I, I got everything I have. No, I think too. this is good. Um, this was fun. Thank, to, like, Thank to, uh, you. Like to have you back on at some point and Probably have jazz on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. She's Martin. already
1: gearing up. <laughs> really? Yeah, she's gonna absolutely give a different perspective on this sports stuff you guys oh. are all talking about. She said. Awesome. Or, I, I can't yeah. wait for it. That'll be awesome. Yeah, she's she'll she'll be good. And I said, well, Blake does. Um, he absolutely uh, describes you as unfiltered. So maybe you could be filtered.
2: I can't.
0: I, can't. I, I couldn't read it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we, we had a co worker put some signs in the window. Um, I, I'm good. I, I'm Unless say anything you want to.
1: I just want to give a shout out to you guys because, I mean, I'm absolutely 100% proud of you. Um, Thank you. You know, it's it's just so great to, to watch you guys do this. Um, and and that you guys are diligent at it Mm -hmm. you know I think that that's one of the great things is you know that you you're kind of pouring your heart and soul into it and you know it's gonna you know be rough at times or you know feel some way just push through that do it again um you know and just keep going because I'm excited to see and and that's I guess what I think is taking my experience of two years and what You can accomplish in business just think of you guys as you know yourself and your journey in one year just think you know how many podcasts you'd have under your belt all the topics you know who are you meeting with who's your network all those things you start building that out and I think you know you're gonna see some great things come to fruition so um, you know I you know me I'm cheering you guys on all the way Um, and and you know I I have, and I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast, and I listened to your guys' <laughs> craziness the other day, know, all was, the way all two through, and a half hours? I was yeah. surprised. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I was too. I couldn't believe it.
1: Well, it was funny because Tobias was looking for you guys when he came in to work because he can hear you, but he can't see you because you <laughs> were on the speaker out here I was listening to, so... Kudos to you. Great job. And thanks so much for thank having you. me. No, so, thank very you for letting us
0: use the room. Yeah, this is... The room and the table
2: and... Yeah, yeah, the table, the, the chairs, <laughs> everything. Literally
0: everything here, actually. <laughs> no. um, if you guys have made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you, for Penny, for coming on. Um, more podcasts later this week. I don't have much else. Have a good day.